welcome to the 150th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? Happy anniversary. Yeah, 150. That's a lot. We've been, we've been doing this for a while. Yeah. How many more do we have to do, right? Uh, there's a, I, you know, the earnings keep on coming, so we're going to keep doing it, right? And we've actually got an earnings bonanza today. We're going to talk about uh, all kinds of carriers. So not only did AT&T, T-Mobile, and Verizon report, but Charter and Comcast also reported. So we're going to see if we can run through all five of those earnings reports and see how everybody did. Who do you want to start with? Let's start with, with Verizon, because they were the first one last week. The story of squeezing water from a stone continues. Consumer net ads were down again, right now. The bacon was saved by business wireless, the sole bright spot. I feel like I'm I'm in, in some kind of time loop because we, we we have the same thing over and over again. What was really interesting on the on the earnings call, one of the financial analysts said, like I'm paraphrasing, you know, will you ever grow consumer line again? And <laughs> You know, their strategy of getting more money from fewer customers because accounts went down again is still working. It's working very tepidly, and we see this in the in the stock price, but it's working, right? Mm-hmm. Verizon, the silent hero here is the Veterans Affairs contract that, that just changed hands. And T-Mobile and, and Verizon won this from AT&T, price wins with the government, and so they underbid AT&T. But when you look at the numbers, I think in total, subscriber net ads, phone net ads, you know, where were they? They were next to nothing. Without that contract, they would have lost, right? They would have lost total subscribers again. So it is very challenging environment. They said like, oh, we got more gross ads because our our plan is working. Yeah, and I think one thing they did mention was, you know, they rolled out the new My Plan, which is kind of this idea around customization and the ability of folks to kind of, you know, instead of buying the kitchen sink like you get with a with a T-Mobile plan, like a Go 5G, you can kind of compartmentalize and, and decide what add-ons you get. What's what's interesting about my plan, though, is that you know, from a kind of total cost perspective, it's it's relatively expensive for the bare bones part of the plan before you start adding things. And so, from an incremental ARPU perspective, you would expect to see revenue go up, and it did for Verizon. But I agree with you from a kind of competitive perspective in terms of how many nets are you getting and that sort of thing. They're still struggling, and you know, Q one has always been the story with Verizon in term in recent times. With, but it was Q two. With I know, I know, Q two, Q one is usually their worst quarter, followed by Q two, followed by Q three, followed by Q four. Right. So historically, within the last four or five years, they've always kind of been back weighted towards the the later half of the year. But what started to happen over the last year or so is they've been negative in Q two, which is obviously a problem if you're almost always negative in Q one as well. So it's kind of a continuation of what we see. And wireline is, is going down as well. Right? That's the that's the challenge. Challenging quarter at Verizon. But 
stock went up. Somebody thought something happy about it. Then we had AT&T, right? Their subscriber net ads were down to like 326, which is slower than uh, what they had before. For AT&T, the hero was FirstNet, which was a significant part of this. But their profitability went up, right? It was their, their highest revenue, and they were saving money left and right. Broadband was strong for them. This was probably the last quarter where, where they're losing internet customers. Probably next quarter, the fiber growth will outpace the, the DSL shrinkage. And, you know, while I'm a business, revenue came down, but had a lot better margins. So, which is also not, not unexpected. And then we had T-Mobile, which continued to kick butt. Right. I mean, I think it's fair to say they knocked it out of the park this quarter, right? Really, really strong numbers. And that, even though with their Go 5G plan, they raised prices, right? We all expected it would probably hit a little bit, but it did not impact their numbers. Very impressive, right? Lowest lowest postpaid phone churn in the industry, too. I mean, that's... yeah. Compared to the you know T-Mobile of yore from from you know, long ago, you know, to see them beat everybody on on postpaid phone churn is is pretty surprising. Yeah, but they sent back that oh, in another quarter, you know, somebody else will do it. But churn was very very strong also at AT and T. The other thread that comes through is that the upgrade rate for everybody was low, which hit revenues but really helped on profitability. So they're also still pulling, you know, 500,000 FWA net ads per quarter, you know, which is what they've said that they need to, to, to do to hit their target. We think they're probably going to hit their target a little bit early based on kind of that performance, but I believe it was 509,000 FWA net ads. So FWA continues to be kind of the, the engine that could in terms of kind of additional growth markets for, for both Verizon and for T-Mobile. Yeah, if, if both Verizon and T-Mobile have their Q4 2022 subscriber ad numbers, they will both make their goal, and they're both ahead of that, right? So they will make their goal. And then you have Comcast and Charter, and they both, again, hit things out of the ballpark with subscriber numbers on wireless. And again, their broadband growth was tepid compared to what Verizon and T-Mobile delivered. So we have the story that the wireless guys win in broadband by undercutting the broadband players uh, or the cable providers on price, and the cable companies undercut the wireless carriers on price and beat them there on subscriber ads. And Regulators are are cheering it on because they want to do, have more competition and more providers. And the logic that a, that a an MVNO is not a viable competitor is laughable in the face of the numbers that that Charter is putting down. Right. Well, if you look at Comcast and Charter collectively in terms of wireless net ads, it's nine hundred and sixty four. And 640 of that's 
48 of that is coming from Charter. So about two to one ratio in terms of Charter versus Comcast. You know, those are those are activations on the Verizon network, but they're you know it's, it's revenue Verizon's getting on a wholesale basis, not on a on a, a retail basis, right? Yeah, it's, it's cold comfort, but you know, <laughs> Verizon is profiting from it. Now they would profit even more if they would actually release numbers how how well they do in wholesale, but they're not doing that. But you know, to quote. You know, what, what T-Mobile used to like to say is, like, we grow faster than, than the entire wireless industry together, than the other guys together. The cable companies can say now the same thing. It's based on a really aggressive promotion of getting basically wireless for free for a year or two, depending on the carrier. For both, it's like a defensive measure, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the things that's interesting that, that we haven't seen quite yet or you know that we will see is what happens we're starting to see when all of those folks that come in on the free line promotions start to lap that promotion and pay for that service right so cable has grown very very quickly and later this year we'll start to see the end of that one year time period right where the 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 free free service is over and and what happens from a churn perspective at at that point absolutely so you know the wireless industry is still healthy. Now we have a we have a little bit of a uh, boogeyman in the in the closet has come out in in terms of of the lead story. The Wall Street Journal came out at the beginning of the month with with a story about lead. No no amount of lead is is safe, right? But lead is inert. The reason why they took this stuff was that it doesn't react with anything in a significant way. Lead only interacts with like the solids on the ground if it, if it ends up in water, right? It's, and it's a heavy metal, so it sinks to the ground. So relatively speaking, it's the best of all the bad options that you have and had. And there's a reason why they haven't used it in like more than 50 years or 70 years. But... In the beginning, there was a lot of fear about, oh, my God, this is like millions of stuff. Some financial analysts came out with a $60 billion number for this to clear, clean up. A few days in, AT&T came out with their estimate of how much it will cost them to clean up the, the places that are problematic. And that was $2 billion. And that's $2 billion over a number of years, right? You're not going to clean that up every year and, and, and all of that. And that's a much more palatable number for what is a classic industrial waste story. Verizon still hasn't come out with a number. Frontier and Lumen that should have similar exposure. I haven't seen anything, but that could be me not doing enough research. It's a larger problem, but I think investors significantly overreacted. It's not that bad. With the amount of, of what, what the stock price has dropped, you know, you could have thought that, you know, it would be a by far worse situation. But it shows you that communications and transparency is typically the right, the right strategy. And, and I thought AT&T did a really good job there. 
I mean, as as you say, you know, lead is inert. It's not we're not they're not cladding the cables in plutonium or something. You know, obviously, there's I think a a, a burden to find out more in terms of what the the remediation looks like, but. I agree. I mean, it seems like all the all the players involved. You know, these are seventy year old cables. Everybody wants to do the right thing and, and clean this up in the right way, without getting too hyperbolic about it. Yeah, where, where there's a problem, obviously it needs to be cleaned up. But it's I, I look at it a little bit like amalgam tooth fillings. If the filling is broken and the mercury in your mouth leaks into your body, absolutely take it out. But as long as that tooth filling with the mercury, in this case, is in your mouth and does do nothing, leave it in. But I would say this is not the, this is the first time we talk about it, but it's probably not the last time about it. So we'll see what happens. Right. Well, I, mean, I think, you know, AT&T has mentioned that they're planning on releasing some additional scientific data as they collect it and as they get kind of a more precise assessment. Verizon said something similar I expect all the players are going to do due diligence and work with the EPA and the other relevant regulatory bodies to understand, you know, the the full impact and then kind of the right course forward. And and the thing is, you know, they're working on the problem with the government in a transparent way. Some of the previously unknown presentations from AT and T are actually that they cited in a story are actually from a open forum for best practices of how to remove lead with the EPA. Right? In a way, I would call on the on, on the Wall Street Journal to be more transparent and and to release more of the data that they have. Because it's a it's a serious enough problem that we want to fix it. And I understand that they want to get have a, a Pulitzer Prize. And so they 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 measured it. They released the data in a measured way. But for God's sake, if you know something is going wrong, then you should come out with all the data. It's like come forward with everything you have. And so they should do that. All right. We'll keep an eye on it. As I as as you said, I'm sure we'll talk about it more as more data is released and, and there's more details available. But it's certainly a a serious thing. But I think everybody is taking it seriously and proceeding cautiously which is a good thing right we'll talk next week talk to you next week